Hi, welcome to the Muppets Talking Podcast. I'm Mary. I'm Maria. And I'm Sprout. Hi, it's our second podcast episode. Thank you, everybody who listened to the first one. That's insane that people did. Yeah, and I think I... I think we fixed some of our audio problems from the last episode, so it should be a lot better now. Yay! Um, We have some notes on the top of the episode. Uh, One, this episode is about Kermit and Piggy's relationship, but it is not a shipping episode. We are analysis. We are investigative. We are investigative (laughs) researchers looking into the relationship between a frog and a pig. This is not shipping. We will eventually, yes, we will eventually have shipping episodes, but this is not the time. This is an analysis. Yes. Um, Mary, you said uh, Howie Mandel voiced Skeeter. That is correct. He also voiced Animal, and for a season, he voiced Gonzo before Rusty Taylor took over. Nice. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Uh, A a singer that I completely forgot but would love to have on an updated, like, revamped Muppet show would be Lizzo. I oh, feel like she would she, be so good. She's multi-talented, and I feel like she and Piggy would have a great, like, girl-boss dynamic. <laughs> I feel like they would, like, like lift each other up. They would self-empower each other, where Lizzo's like, yes. don't let them talk to you like this. Yes. And it would be so good, yes. and it would make, like, the past, like, 40 years where everybody's, like, ripping on Piggy about her weight feel so good. Yes, I, like, exactly. it would it'd be a moment of catharsis. Truly. Uh, some crazy news from yesterday that got announced. Muppets Haunted Mansion? Surprise. We got something, everybody. We're not used to it, but we got something. We're not used to it. We are being fed. Uh, the synopsis is that Gonzo gets... Um, <laughs> he gets asked? Is that dared. the correct answer? Dared? Asked to... The Variety said dared. We're getting the synopsis okay. from Variety, like the Plotline. Yes, it, it he gets dared to spend a night in the haunted mansion, and there's going to be original music along with music from the ride. So that's exciting. And uh, Kirk Thatcher is uh, a part of it, which makes me very excited because uh, for people who know him, he's done tons of Muppet stuff. And as soon as he announced that he was in it, I was like, okay, all of my worries are gone. <laughs> um, I know. I know the Electric Mayhem posted on Twitter that they were practicing for Grim Grinning Ghosts. And if that does not happen, I will be so upset. I need that. I have have a lot of complicated thoughts on this. If you follow me on Twitter, you kind of understand why. (laughs) But, okay, so I'm just going to go into it. My complicated thoughts are, first of all, I'm very happy we're we're getting something. I'm super happy about that. I love receiving because I give so much. So, but I'm also, I love Gonzo. Gonzo is my favorite Muppet and it's, he's been like sidelined for like the past like decades worth of projects. So it's really really exciting to see him like be center stage again because he's my favorite character. I think he's like the most interesting Muppet because he's got, there's so many different facets to his personality and it all makes sense in the Dave goals of it all. Yeah. But on the other hand, I am extremely upset because the past few, like, Muppet projects, I think ever since the ABC series, it's all been, like, commercials for Disney in some way or form. So when you told me, we're, so when I heard we're getting a, a Muppet adaption of a Disney theme park ride, I just went, again? <laughs> really? And yeah. 
And if someone's going to come at me and say, like, well, Muppets now wasn't a commercial. That was a commercial for Disney Plus. Let's be real. <laughs> let's there's be a real reason. Here. Let's be, there's a reason it was dirt cheap. It was not just the pandemic because a lot of that budget was not like utilized properly. It was a commercial for Disney Plus. That's Truly. that. It was supposed to be like little segments. And then Disney was like, let's just put all of these random segments together and make it into a show. And it's like, no. The, the, that means the tone is all off the entire episode, you complete idiots. I feel like we need to have an entire, like, episode dedicated to just ripping oh. apart everything wrong with Muppets now. And I believe there's a lot of, there was a lot of good people working behind the scenes. I believe there's gonna be so many good people working behind the scenes of this. I don't hate the creatives at all. I don't hate the writers. No. I don't hate Muppet Studios. I'm just very sick of Disney executives only green Meddling. lighting. Only green lighting Muppet projects where it's an ad for something. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm getting really tired of it. I'm, I, I feel so exhausted all the time. Yes, same. I'm, I'm surprised they announced a project. I'm not surprised that it's an ad. It's Disney. No, Come on. I can't. Which I, I get, which I get it. It's like, you know, like it, it's, it's what it is. It's a corporation. But the same, and I, sh- and people are like, why are you complaining about commercial commercialization? Jim Henson did commercials. Like, yeah, but he didn't all- only do commercials. Yeah, were- he, didn't, he didn't use the Muppets to sell Wilkins coffee. No, Ralph was originally made for a Purina dog chow commercial. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. but at the same time, like, okay, yeah, he was doing these commercials. But at the same time, he was working on Sam and Friends. He was doing all these really mm-hmm. creative, artsy things at the same time using the Muppets. So it was like, okay, yeah, there there can be a balance. But when something you love is only used for commercials, it's it gets tiring. It's like if like you got a Spider-Man trilogy and it was just Spider-Man goes to Disney World, Spider-Man goes to goes to Epcot, <laughs> Spider-Man goes to Animal Kingdom. Where it's like, okay, can we get like Spider-Man like saves the day in like New York City or something? Like, you know how it's supposed to be? I mean, the trilogy that we did get from Disney is just Spider-Man chills for Iron Man. Go watch those movies. Anyway, that's my hot take. But, like, you get what I'm really? saying, though, right? You, you get what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, definitely. I understand completely. It's, like, just an ad for other Disney properties, and it's just tiring. Yeah. I just want it to be its own thing. Yeah. yeah. All right. Should we, should we step into the analysis now? Let's step into this Kermit and Piggy analysis. Um, uh, Mary, do do you want to go first with your stuff, or should I? You should, because I feel like you've got a certain, like, pattern you want to do this in, and I'm just going to interject and go, okay, so this is what I think. Okay. So, to get into their relationship, we have to get into Kermit and Piggy as individuals first, and uh, specifically their backstories, and thankfully for us, with Frank Oz, especially with his Muppet characters, he gives extensive lore and backstory i love um, frank for this love frank love him i ugh, i could get into his other characters so deeply as much as i've gotten into piggy in preparation for this um piggy was born somewhere in the midwest and uh her father basically ran around on on her mother all the time until uh, he died when she was very young and her mother was exceedingly jealous of her for her looks and uh, the attention that she got. Uh, It's sort of like those dance moms that like used to be famous but they like didn't hit the big time but now their daughter is really famous so they're like 
living their life vicariously through them. And then, you know, like, this is my life now. It's kind of like that sort of dynamic between Piggy and her mother. So if you've seen any episode of Toddlers and Tiaras, it's like that. (laughs) It's that, definitely. Um, We don't have names for them. My headcanon for names is uh, Frank and Bonnie because Frank Oz, original performer, and Bonnie uh, Erickson was uh, uh, Miss Piggy's designer and original puppet builder. Oh, that's perfect. I love that. I love that. I'm sticking with that. Thank you. Those are my head. I have headcanon names for all of the characters that don't have parents. Um, that parents are like parent names. Um, so Piggy did what she had to do to survive. She took some bacon ads, which she feels are very demeaning for her. Um, she, she also uh, sold uh, gloves at a department store and they didn't pay her in money. They paid her in gloves. And that's why she has so many gloves. Um, it's also sort of a thing where she doesn't like to show, uh, her, like, hooves or hands or whatever, so that's why she wears gloves all the time. At least that's what Frank said back in the 80s. I don't know if that's still canon or not, but I'm going by Frank's, um, uh, backstory. Um, and then she went into pageantry, and that's where she met Kermit. And Kermit doesn't have that much of a backstory. Um, we know... I look at Kermit kind of like Mickey Mouse, which is like, they both start off as like these kind of mischievous characters, but now they're just kind of really white bread symbols. Really <laughs> That's Kermit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Mickey has been getting sort of back into that mischievous thing with the new Mickey Mouse shorts. Kermit's still, he's just always going to be white bread. <laughs> I, I could talk for hours about Peggy, but Kermit, I'm like, Same. Kermit, I'm like, he, he's kind of just like, have you ever looked at a loaf of white bread? That's Kermit's <laughs> personality. Yeah. I, I mean, mean I, okay. I love white, I love me some white bread, but you know, so and I love me some Kermit's, but I'm like, yeah, that's, it's what it, you know what it is. We yeah. know he uh, was born and grew up in uh, Leland, Mississippi in the swamp. That was a reference to Jim Henson's uh, hometown. And then somewhere along mm-hmm. the way, he made it to Washington and did drag on Salmon Friends. And that's, Kermit. What an icon. Um, what an icon. Honestly. Um, and they got into, you know, how they met. Uh, Piggy was winning the uh, Bogan County Fair uh, pageantry competition and, you know, saw Kermit out in the crowd. But again, that's from, you know, the 1979 movie and it took liberties with how stuff happened. So it's not completely sure how they met. Um, but we can see fr- from Piggy, how her upbringing really influenced a lot of, it messed with her, it messed with her so bad, but it influenced a lot of her choices and stuff uh, that happened to her. I mean, she kind of obviously has abandonment issues because of her dad dying and, and, you know, not being with the family a lot. And she thinks of every single woman, no matter if it's, you know, Muppet, animal, human, whatever, as competition, because that's what she was taught because her mom saw her as competition. Yeah. I'd like to add in something. I think it's not only just her mother. I think it was also an environment of the time in entertainment, which was like the 1970s where it was very difficult for women to make it into like an all boys club, like the Muppets were at the time and be a star because there was very limited spots for women in main casts. 
Like, the yeah. example yeah. I can think of off the top of my head was MASH, which was, like, one of the biggest sitcoms of the 70s. And there's all these men there. And there's, like, and there's just, like, what one main reoccurring woman, which is Margaret. And... Yeah. When you're a when you're a woman in that atmosphere, you have to fight tooth and nail for that position. And anything that threatens you, you know you can lose your job for whatever reason at all. And yeah. I think now looking back, we know okay, we shouldn't have been going like as like women. You know that like okay, you shouldn't have been going after other women. You should have been going after the five hundred other white guys in the room who were they seem to have no shortage of like room for. Yeah, but she didn't. But since she's a product of the 70s, she kind of has that mentality to her where she's very threatened and she knows she could be sent off at any moment and she's going back to the Midwest, which as someone who lives in the Midwest, the worst fear (laughs) is leaving and having to come back because that means you've failed in some sort of way, your goal of leaving. I feel like a lot of us feel the same way of like, if I fail, especially women, it's like, oh, if I fail and I have to come back, then I'm a failure for life. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, with, uh, with the early days of Muppets out of canon, out of the world, we know the the reason it was, you know, the Muppet performers were, you know, boys club. And it was. They mm-hmm. still are technically yeah. because Disney yeah. won't bump up Julianne uh, to so better. I'm so bitter about it. I'm so <laughs> fucking bitter about that. That's another topic for a different podcast. That's, that's a different podcast right there. I Ooh. mean, I'd say we didn't start off too bad because I forget the puppet the the the, the puppeteer's name, but we had Hilda. Aaron, yeah, Aaron, Aaron. O- o- Oscar. I she performed for season one, and then we had. Kathy Mullen and Louise Gold, Louise Gold. And Karen Perel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they not, um, I like I think I think it was uh Louise, she was kind of like more involved in season three where we got like Annie Sue, which we'll get into. Yeah, and definitely. I think that's where things start to expand. Like I think the Jim Henson company was really looking to diversify like towards the end of Jim's life. And then and I think Brian especially wanted to like add more diversity to the main performers, and then definitely. Disney swooped in and said, No. Yeah. No. Of course um, they did. Basically, through season one through three, you can, you know, tell Piggy's truly does want a relationship with Kermit, and he's very much the boss of, it's kind of like when you're a stagehand in theater, I don't know if either of you have been in theater, I I was in theater. Oh, yeah. I was in theater. No, I wasn't talented enough for theater. Oh. Well, whenever I, basically, when you're, especially if it's a bunch of, like, running around, I, I kind of uh, do, like, they're kind of like little kids where it's like, everyone stop talking. I have seven things to do. And if you touch your prop, I'm going to strangle you. That's kind of like the way of like Kermit of just like, everyone stop. There's too much going on. I have to work. Um, And uh, it's some, and also to not be like, Piggy's the toxic one. Kermit's also very manipulative. I feel like the, uh, the antithesis, antithesis of Kermit and Piggy's relationship is that Piggy is a gaslight gatekeep girl boss and Kermit is manipulate mansplain male wife. I feel like that is the antithesis of their relationship, especially in season one of the Muppet show. Yep. I'm going to have to explain what that means to my mom. Uh, (laughs) My mom listened to the episode uh, last week. Hi mom. Love you. Thanks for listening. I did have to explain. Hi Maria's mom. I had to explain what fan cams were to, to her. So that was very funny. Um, I bet that was a fun conversation. 
I, I was like, okay, you know what music videos are, which, you know, she obviously did. Um, I like throwing in all the modern terminology just so Maria has to explain them, explain terms to her mother. I love putting Maria in that position. Thanks. That's my new favorite segment of the podcast, (laughs) (laughs) which it doesn't happen on the podcast. Okay. um, But we can see Piggy's rise to fame throughout season one. um, and, And also... Piggy was definitely a response to uh, the women's liberation movement of the late 70s. Um, I, I specifically think of like the Candace Bergen episode where she uh, said, does the song, um, put another log on the fire, um, which isn't a song with Piggy. It's just, that's the one that comes to my mind immediately when I think of uh, women's liberation movement and the Muppets. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, around season three, we really get into, you know, Piggy and Kermit I don't even want to call it a relationship at that point because it's very much just will they won't they yeah it's very much like a another straight couple that needs to have a communication therapy, therapy yeah <laughs> like Ross and Rachel or any of the billion uh will they won't they characters yeah. in the world mm. um and then the 1979 Muppet movie uh came out and it portrayed Kermit and Piggy very romantically. It, it was very much like uh, this is the first time we've seen Kermit really be truly romantic with Piggy. Um, yeah. yeah, and I think part of that was because in the Muppet movie in 1979, they were kind of on equal playing fields. They were like, okay, they kind of started off as this like, will they, won't they? I kind of got a crush on you thing. Mm-hmm. And when they started like, you know, working and doing the Muppet show, Kermit became Piggy's boss. And I think he was kind of partially afraid of, like, having, like, a bad work dynamic and things not working out and them having to go to work with each other the next day because I know Kermit wouldn't Mm -hmm. fire her. Yeah. He knows he wouldn't fire her. I mean, he did fire her once. And he brought her back. And he brought her back. I mean, it's the same thing with Wayne and Wanda. He he fired them and then brought them back and then fired them and brought them back again. Kermit doesn't have a spine to fire anybody. Let's be real. (laughs) He doesn't. Um, with season three, which was also in the 1979, uh, introduced us to Annie Sue Pig. I mean, throughout each season, there were tons of female characters that tried to rival Piggy in some way or another, at least for an episode, like Miss Mousie or, uh, Lydia the Tattooed Lady. Yeah, but, um, like, those were both, like, one-offs. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think the reason why, uh, they didn't stick and Annie Sue didn't really stick as much as, um, I would have hoped she did, <laughs> or some other like, fans. I feel like she had more of a personality than Lydia and Miss Mousie, and I yeah. really, I really wanted, like, even watching it back down, like, it'd be so cool if we, like, had, like, one woman puppeteer who had, like, a, who had, like, a woman character, like, stick around long-term. I would have loved that, and I yeah. had personality, and it was developing, but it was like, oh, she's just a competitor for Piggy when she was more than that. Yeah, and, um, In universe, I think the reason uh, why they didn't stick around is because, again, Piggy saw them as competition and uh, because of how she was raised. And I'm not saying like, oh, she endured this abuse, so she's going to be an abuser as someone who has to deal with it. It was also the environment she was in where she just felt very threatened and she didn't want to lose her. She was worried about losing her spotlight. Yes. And, um, as someone who, who like, 
was abused, whenever you like realize, oh, I have these tendencies, I need to like work on them myself. And Piggy isn't, she's not working on them. She's burying them under glitz and glamour and diamonds and pearls. She, she's not, mm -hmm. she's trying to be the showboaty a star because she doesn't want people to know her pain or know that she's a pig like that's the main thing of like Frank always said like oh she's uh she's trying to be a uh, like a hyper feminine woman um she, that's why she wears the gloves to cover her hooves yeah and that's mm -hmm. why she wears you know pearls and diamonds and these extravagant dresses because she's trying to show the world of this hyper femininity that can be as toxic sometimes as toxic masculinity. Um, and that's another reason why I feel like she's not threatened by Janice or Camilla, because Janice isn't trying to show off this hyper femininity. Yeah. Uh, and she's yeah. not trying to be a star. She's just like, I'm in the band. You know, I, I'm this valley girl. I'm also yeah. like Janice has a boyfriend. Janice yeah, has been dating. Janice has had been steady with Floyd for many years, which again, my favorite Muppet couple is Janice and Floyd. My favorite canon Muppet couple. I love them. I think they're great. I Thanks. think they're just like the coolest little hippie couple. I adore them. Adorable. And also, she doesn't see that. As, so Piggy doesn't see Janice as a threat to her stardom or a threat or for like a potential Kermit. love interest with Kermit yeah. because Janice is in a relationship. And also, Janice and Piggy do veterinarians' hospital together with Rolf. And Janice yeah. is always very good about not stepping over Piggy's lines. They know each other's dynamic very well. They yeah. have accepted each other into their lives. They're cool with each other. I feel like yeah. they could be really close friends if Piggy let down some of those walls. But she ha she's just built up so many walls over the years for so many different reasons that I feel like she just is, she needs a sledgehammer. She needs to break down some she of those really walls. Does. Piggy friends. needs a therapist. Piggy needs <laughs> yes. therapy. Um, and the reason why I feel like she doesn't see Camilla as a threat is many reasons. One, Camilla's a gone to her also. Camilla is a chicken, and what is her personality besides she is a chicken and she is in love with Gonzo? She's played by Jerry Nelson. That's her personality. <laughs> She's played by Jerry That's Nelson. That's all she needs. That's, That's all you need to be, like, a top-tier <laughs> character in my book. It's like, yeah. is the character voiced by Jerry Nelson? Yeah. Ama okay, it's automatically yeah, in the perfect. great tier. Automatically in the great tier. Automatically, yeah. Um, so th that's why I feel like Janice and Camilla have been able to coexist with Piggy while other characters that show sort of uh, versions of uh, femininity, like hyper-femininity, haven't uh, been able to stick around. Um, and ha then the 1979 Muppet movie, I wish there weren't so many movies called, you know, The Muppets, like so many projects they've done. That's just The Muppets. I, no, I oof. Oh, what a, what, what a fun angry. time on Google and IMDb that is. It makes me <laughs> so angry. Um, basically, the original movie's portrayal of Kermit and Piggy um, and their sort of actual relationship dynamic it, it did affect, I think it really did affect season four and five of The Muppet Show because people were expecting that sort of romance from the movie to carry on to the show. And no, because mm -hmm. Kermit was Piggy's boss. And I think that played a huge role into how their relationship actually portrayed on the show. Because Kermit, I think part of that, especially in The Muppet Show, was he didn't want to like have a bad power dynamic because I think he's very, <laughs> he overthinks things. And mm -hmm. I think he was very worried about having, like, a bad power dynamic and making Piggy look bad. And then mm -hmm. only being known for, I, I think another thing which I'm going to get into is I think he's very insecure 
about his own status, which I know Kermit's a very simple person. He's very happy. But he wants to be known for more than Piggy. And when you're with Piggy, she is your life. She she holds over the news story. The best example I can think of was um, Princess Diana and Prince Charles, where you've got this star right by you. She holds the camera's attention. She holds everybody's attention in the palm of her hand, and you're nothing to them. And I think he was very insecure about that. And I think it really showed, I think even later on, that plays a huge role into the downfall of their relationship is his own insecurities. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I also, I know you're going to contest this, Mary, because we talked about this before, but I, I, I truly do see Kermit has a fear of commitment in some way. I, I mean, at least with Jim's Kermit, I'm not saying with Steve's Kermit or maybe even Matt's Kermit, but I feel like Jim's Kermit always was like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, we're, we have a working relationship, like, we're not, we're not together type thing. It could especially be there with Jim's Kermit. I don't think it's there with Steve's Kermit, and again, we don't know, we don't know enough about Matt's Kermit to say whether or not, so I, I don't have much to add about Matt's Kermit, and I I love Matt's Kermit. I can't wait wait to to meet him. him. I can't (laughs) wait to meet Matt's Kermit. He does a great job. Um, <laughs> I'd love to meet him someday. Love to meet him someday. Thanks, Disney. Uh, love to see him in something. Please, hey, maybe, maybe in the haunted mansion. Hopefully, I, yeah. I I'm real, I'm really excited because I think Matt does a really good job technically, and I, th- I really, I think his voice is really good right now, so I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. But off, off of Matt's Kermit, we're still yeah. on Jim's Kermit. But again, I think yeah. his. I think that fear of insecure. I, I think that fear of commitment is a little bit there with Jim, but I think mm-hmm. it's more overshrouded by again that fear of have of those power dynamics and that fear of being, uh, uh and that fear of someone else's spotlight overtaking yours, especially yeah. again in the media in in like a media industry. I yeah. think that has more power and weight to where Kermit is in the relationship than mm-hmm. it is with per se his fear of commitment. Which again, you mentioned Muppets Take Manhattan. And I think Muppets, and the thing with Muppets Take Manhattan is not very, not, I think maybe like two or three Muppet movies can really be considered canon, and then maybe like a very Merry yeah. Muppets Christmas. I don't consider Muppets Take Manhattan to be canon in any way. No, no. I don't either, but there, I, oh, I can't remember the dude's name. He has, uh, he was an interviewer in like the 80s, and he had uh, black curly hair and this weird mustache, and I cannot remember his name, but there was an interview where he asked Kermit, like, so are you actually married to Piggy? And, and Kermit, you know, stuttering mess that, you know, was Jim's Kermit of, of yeah. uh, 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 <laughs> uh, that was no, but I, uh, you know, so yeah. I, I, I see it as a production, but also I, I see it as. Uh, he got that annulled. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and, and we completely skipped over uh, Muppet Caper, a great Muppet Caper. Is there is is there much we can really add with Muppet Caper? Because again, it's in that category of a movie yeah. that's not really canon. It's not canon. It is you know them uh, playing playing characters, roles, you know, characters. Uh, but it did it did give a lot of like good insight to um, like Piggy and Kermit, not as themselves, but like it just gave them a lot of nice like fun things to do and great songs uh, and. Um, the first time it happens is a oh. fantastic song. I I love that song, but I also like stepping out the story. I think that re- reflects a lot about Kermit, especially romantically, which is yeah. that he's this very 
Again, my favorite concept for musical numbers are a bro who's excited for a date and his other bro is going, we're going to help you out because we know you're excited for that date. And yeah. Stepping Out with a Star is like the perfect example of that concept. Mm-hmm. So like Kermit's so excited. He's like, I'm going to get all fancy. Mm-hmm. And then like Fosse and Gonzo are like, yeah, dude, you look good. You're ready for Getting this. fancy. Yeah, you're going to look so good. You're going to have a good date tonight, bro. Mm-hmm. Let's get some cologne um, on you. Let's go. Um, with Muppet Stick Manhattan, because again, it wasn't canon, it was them playing roles, uh, but it, there is the joke at the ending of Kermit breaking character and saying the, Gonzo was supposed to be the minister instead of this random human man. So that comes to our like first like question, of, no, were they no. actually married? The thing is, like, you think it's breaking character in the movie that was like the real Kermit. Mm-hmm. Here's my theory. I thought the wedding mm-hmm. was part of the show. Yeah. And I know this is very confusing considering all the angles that were done. Mm-hmm. And you could consider it to be the real wedding, but I considered it to be part of the Broadway show, where in the Broadway show, Gonzo was supposed to play the minister, but the character of Piggy hired the priest, hired the real priest. That's I, my theory. No, we have similar theories. I just feel like in the movie and in the Broadway show that it was just supposed to be Gonzo. But then out of the... uh you know, show and out of the movie, Piggy was like, no, wait a minute. An opportunity has arisen. Piggy <laughs> <laughs> has tried to trick this man into marriage multiple times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, throughout the, the Muppet show, season he did three it one. And four and five, yeah. Yeah, it's, like, and they almost got married in, like, in a, uh, what's it, Muppets Most Wanted. Yeah. That woman has bought so many wedding dresses. Well, Most Wanted wasn't uh, Piggy's idea. That was Constantine. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. still, it, it was a wedding. Yeah, it was a wedding. Um, I, I feel like uh, I, I, one of my notes here is, is how the movies and specials treated them differently than the original Muppet show. Because uh, I, I immediately go to, like, um, uh, Muppet Family Christmas and how... Uh, it it treated Kermit and Piggy's relationship like differently than the show because Kermit's not on a show now. This is like him having an actual like family. He's not the boss together. anymore. He's yeah, not the boss he's just anymore. A friend. Yeah. Uh, and they're back at, at being a, equals. Yeah, they're back at being equals, and and also um, Piggy's grand entrance at the like later half of the thing. The reason why she's not in most of it is because there's so many characters. And if you put Piggy on that screen at all, she's going to take up the entire screen with her ego and uh, bravados. She just shines that bright. She's a girl boss. What can she do about it? Yes, she shines so bright and overshines everyone else. Also, Frank plays like half of the characters in that special. He plays so many kids. Frank and Richard and Jerry that play the most. Uh, and it's like, and it, it would be kind of unfair to Frank if you're like, okay, you need to do all these things, but also you need to be Piggy, who's like this huge star. Yeah, it would have been, it would have been really just hectic for Frank, who was also, I think, at that time starting his big directorial career. Yeah. He his uh, first directorial debut was Muppets uh, Take Manhattan. I thought it was Dark Crystal. I mean, I know Muppets uh, Take Manhattan was his uh, his uh, his solo directorial debut, and he did Dark yeah. Crystal with Jim. Yeah, I was thinking of solo, uh, but yes, the, his co-directorial debut with with Jim was Dark Crystal, and then Take Manhattan, uh, and then you know he's done tons and tons of movies since then. 
Little Shop of Horrors, um, baby. Shout out. Little Shop of Horrors. Hey. I love it. I, that's I my love favorite it. Frank Oz movie, so I have to shout it out. I so love good. it so much. I also love Little Rascals. That, that oh, that is great. a good one. Oh, yeah. So good. Um, the Year of the Pig, which for the people that don't know, was uh, a, a marketing plan in the 1990s. Uh, which was basically Kermit and Piggy were going to officially break up and Piggy was going to have her sort of, you know, feminism of the 90s time of like, I'm an independent woman, I don't need anyone. Um, and then they they went on, I think it was the Today Show and had uh, their like public breakup. Yeah. And then a few weeks later, Jim Henson passed away. away. Uh, and so they quietly like swept that under the rug and then I think they did like a newspaper announcement where like Carmen Piggy you're back together but it was like yeah I think it was I think it was because with Jim gone they were going to undergo so many shifts and it's like okay we need to keep some sort of constant here and I think Kermit and Piggy's relationship acted as that definitely and also in universe because Kermit canonically does like no Jim he just lost someone and so I feel like their relationship getting back together was like over grieving yeah there was there there was if you don't know there is an entire special dedicated to the Muppets finding out Jim died and it is the saddest Mm, thing ever I watched it once in middle school and I couldn't stop crying and I have not watched it since it's one of those things you can't like you watch it once and you can't do it again I've watched yeah. it maybe three times, and every time I'm a blubbering <laughs> mess. Like, as soon as it starts, I'm like, I'm there. No, um, like, the worst part is when Fozzie's reading the letter about, like, oh, this don't. kid talking about oh, the fra, his friend's no. fra who died. And then Fozzie goes, I'm so sorry, your best friend Jim died. And I, it's like, it's like oh, ripping off a Band-Aid, and it's mm-hmm. like someone stabbed you in the heart, even though that would be less painful than hearing that. I can't. And also there's a shot uh, during that part where Fozzie's reading where you see uh, Waldorf and Statler up in the rafters and you, and like Statler has his arm over Waldorf and I just, oh. <sighs> okay, anyway, we can't get into this. I'm going to start <laughs> crying, actually. <laughs> we don't need tears. We are not going to cry during the Kermit and Piggy analysis. <laughs> we refuse to. I refuse to cry over, over this pig and frog. Um... <laughs> And so with them, you know, recasting Kermit uh, with, with Steve, it was basically the, all of the 90s was Steve really, you know, finding his footing with Kermit and, yeah. and figuring out not only and... just the character of Kermit, but also his relationship to other characters as Kermit. And so it was, was a big... I think he was working on forming like uh, a certain charisma and uh, repertoire with Frank. Who had been yeah. used to Jim. So, like, yeah. I don't think Frank and Steve did a lot of characters together. No, before. they didn't. Mm-hmm. And also, Frank, you know, was starting to step away throughout the 90s, focusing on directing. Plus, his best friend just died. Yeah. And he talks about it yeah. a lot of, like... That, that must have been very difficult. Yeah, definitely. Put it definitely. I mean, he's portraying this character for, you know, 15 years, and then suddenly... There, there's this character that's supposed to be the same, but is obviously different, and trying to have that same dynamic doesn't work all of the time. It'd be like if we were doing this podcast and suddenly Sprout was gone, and we replaced it, we replaced her with someone else, and suddenly, it like it's a completely different dynamic, and there's nothing we can really do about it. Yeah, mm. Sprout, we love you. We love you, Sprout. We need you. I feel it. I feel it. Oh, good. I love you guys too. Aww. Aww. Um, and then, uh, because of, I didn't really write down anything about, um, 
Muppets Tonight because Piggy wasn't in that no. as much because, you know, Frank. Um, you know, Frank and also anytime that Piggy was there, it was uh, Kevin Clash or Peter Lynn's puppeteering her and, you know, Frank would mm. do ADR later. Um, and then for, um, for the 90s movies, Piggy didn't they were really playing have characters. As, they were playing characters. Yeah, they were playing characters, but they also didn't have as big, like, I mean, Muppet Treasure Island had a big entrance for Piggy, but she yeah. wasn't there throughout the whole movies like she was for the original trilogy. Even though I love her in Christmas Carol, I, I, I still love when Scrooge knocks on the door and he's like, I'm going to give you a, I'm going to get Bob Cratchit, I'm going to give you a raise. And she goes, I'm going to raise you right off the pavement. Yeah, her throwing <laughs> Kermit is to so the side funny. and goes, I am going to beat this man. And I'm Frank like, Austin. what a girl. Boss, Frank Oz's uh, manipulation, it really, it, the weight of her throwing. Frank the sound great, effect. Yeah, the sound effect, but also Frank has great, uh, like, puppetry skill when it comes to, like, the weight of Piggy. Like, I think of um, the great Muppet caper when she falls into the wastebasket. It looks like she fell. Yeah. Like, that doesn't mm-hmm. look like flinging a puppet. It looks like this is a person that fell. Um, it's just, mm. I can't believe this entire podcast turned into Frank Oz Appreciation Hour. <laughs> it is. I mean, that was supposed to be a different episode, but it's that it's today. Oh, we don't worry. We're still going to have that. Oh, we have so, so much material about this man. Who dissertation time, baby? Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but then. Uh, because we didn't see her as much in the 90s because of Frank and then, you know, doing ADR. And we, we did see her a bit in Muppets from Space, but that was a Gonzo movie and sort of his relationships to the yeah. Muppets instead of, you know, a, a, like a Muppets Muppet movie. Um, which, if I'm remembering correctly, um, Peter Lins did puppeteer and Frank ADR'd uh, Peggy, but Frank did come in and puppeteer the one scene where she's doing the newscasting thing and she beats up that man. I don't remember the man's name. I don't care for men. Uh, I'm lying. <laughs> I'm lying. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't care for actor men in the 90s because they're all like, I'm better than you. And it's like, shut up. <laughs> Which watching Piggy do that just kind of made it better. Truly, truly. Mm-hmm. Plus, I think I can't remember the dude. I'll look it up later. I don't feel I don't care enough about looking it up now. But I remember being like, "That's a horrible man." Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah. And then uh, I think we can we get into like Eric Jacobson taking yes, over yes. Piggy, um, which Eric, Eric Jacobson had a very different take on Piggy, which Frank yeah. Oz's Piggy was much more aggressive. Like uh, Frank would always make Piggy's snout go down whenever she was talking. Because yeah. she was more mm-hmm. aggressive, and then Eric always made her snout go up because she is very, she's very, she's much more graceful. She's yeah. like a much more sophisticated character, and I think at this point we see Piggy really start to evolve from this '70s character who's like, okay, I have to fight other women to get to the top. Where mm-hmm. Eric's Piggy is like, I'm already at the top. I yes. am like, I am the Beyonce and. Everybody around me is de- is the rest of Destiny's child. I know who I am. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, a fun t- tidbit, um, in Very Merry Muppet Christmas Movie, which was Eric's debut, as, uh, like, theatrical debut as Piggy, when they were doing the table read, uh, uh, Dave Goals was looking around because he heard Piggy, and he was like, Frank's not supposed to be here. Yeah. He was just part of the writing team. And he looked, and he saw Eric, and he was dumbfounded because he was Eric like, Eric is so... Sounding- good he sounds exactly like yeah. frank he's so good it's so wow. mm. again we, 
I'm trying not to make this Frank and Eric appreciation yeah. hour, which those will be <laughs> two very separate episodes because they're both very talented yeah. in their own right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and also the, um, I'm just going to call it very merry uh, to shorten it because it's yeah. too many M's. Yeah, um, it's a very merry Muppet <laughs> Christmas. Yeah. Um, and that 10 times fast. Oh, no. no thank you. Um, that movie, I think it was because Jerry Jewell went to specific puppeteers and went to Frank Oz and was like, hey, if Kermit didn't exist, where would Piggy be? And so it gave a very... Um, depressing. Yeah, it was very depressing, very but sad. also it, it uh, the writing did remind me of the um, like Muppet Show early, you know, trilo- trilogy movie days um, that the 90s movies didn't really give me as much. Yeah. And it was a great, uh, mm-hmm. because it was... Technically, it was Kermit and Piggy. It was about their relationship, because for those who have never seen It's a Very Merry Muppet Christmas, it's about Kermit wishing he had never been born, like, you know, It's a Wonderful Life, and seeing yeah. Piggy in that situation, I'm going to spoil it for all of you who have not seen this movie, that's like- Spoiler tw- alert. That's like 20 years old. Yeah. So, just a quick note there. Uh, Piggy is a very struggling actress, and she's doing all these really sketchy jobs, and she's kind of like, and she's a lonely cat lady. And yeah. I, the thing is, I don't, I, I kind of do just, I'm trying to see where Frank was going because I don't, because maybe it's because I'm more familiar with Eric's fiance, Peggy, where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I think at one point she needed that like door opener, which Kermit was her door. He helped her open that door yeah. and that, which made her this fiance level figure because I think maybe it was either because of her weight or the fact that she was a pig where she was struggling to get jobs and yeah. Kermit saw past those things and gave her a position where she was able to shine yeah and I think I think that was kind of Frank's thought process but again I'm not Frank Oz I don't think as great and in, in as into detail as Frank Oz does about his characters but I could be yeah. very wrong and also that's a, a point to of Kermit of, of not uh, caring what someone you know looks like or sounds like it's like oh you want to do this you want to have fun and and make people happy okay come on let's go and I think that's kind of where Kermit was like Jim, because I think in, in multiple interviews and like stuff, Frank has called the rest of the Muppet performers and people who worked at the Jim Henson Company the most unemployable people he's ever met and worked with in his life. <laughs> As a puppeteer, I need everyone to know we are the we we have one skill. There are no other skills <laughs> that we have. We we just got puppetry, and besides that, we are unemployable. No, I think I would disagree with that because there's a lot of improv and comedy and acting skills that do come with puppetry. So I would disagree with that, that it's more than just the puppetry itself. I think there's multiple skills in there. True, I know. I was just joking. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, in defense of puppeteers. <laughs> in defense of you, Maria, why are you putting yourself down? Don't do that. This is like, this is a good vibes podcast. You are more than you think you are. Yes. That's such a good tagline. Um, And then because of the, uh, of Disney buying out the Muppets, which is a whole thing. (laughs) And company and uh, we just, we just didn't. And also um, another thing that happened in uh, them buying uh, the Muppets was 2004. And then in 2005, um, Jerry Jewell, the main head writer for the Muppets for decades now, passed away. So we we lost a bit of that Muppet spark. Uh, for rest reasons. in peace, rest in peace, Jerry Jewell. We rest loved you. Spark. You did such a good job. You're so talented, and it's a shame that more people don't give you the credit you deserve. 
truly. He, true. He's really the, like the glue that holds the Muppet comedy together. We'll have a Jerry Jewel appreciation hour, don't worry. We truly will. Um, so we didn't really, we saw them in like specials and it was sort of that slapstick comedy of like, uh, oh, Kermit's with this uh, female guest star and, and Piggy's upset, karate chop, you know, th- there wasn't a lot of substance there. It was just playing on the same notes over and over again. Yeah. And then we got to the 2011 Muppet movie. Woo! Which I feel like, I, I like, like uh, the script had them like broken up for like the first half of it because... I get, like, I think there were kind of playing characters in that movie, but I think a lot of it I consider to be, like, you know, part of it, a lot of it I consider canon, especially with uh, Walter. I consider that to be canon, because yeah. I, that's, that, that's just where mind is, my mind is. Like, I think Walter does have a brother named Gary who is in love with a woman, who is in love with a woman named Mary, but that Gary is not Jason Segel, and that Mary is not Amy Adams. They were just played by them in the movie. And maybe in the real life of, of Walter, maybe Mary isn't such a fucking wet blanket. Anyway, <laughs> he is the nagging girlfriend trope. I have a whole art. I wrote an article on Tough Pigs during International Women's Day of just like, Ugh. they fucking fucked this. up Mary. And it's and- a shame because Amy Adams is such a good actress and I love her. Yeah. There there was literally a whole paragraph that I wrote that we had to cut for time that was like, Amy Adams has done this and this and this, and she's fantastic, and, and you I think, used her for what? And I think a lot of the likability that comes from that character is just Amy Adams doing what she can. Really? If this was she is a random, national treasure. International treasure. Interna- she's, a, she's a universal treasure. She's up there with Frank. Yes. I, I mean, if there was any other actress besides Amy Adams, I don't think there would be a lot of likability to Mary because there's nothing there except being a nagging girlfriend trope to Jason Siegel. Yeah. I also, mm-hmm. I, we talked earlier about like, Mupp- a lot earlier about like potential Muppet show guests we'd want. I feel like Amy Adams should be in there because she deserves so much better. <laughs> she deserves so much better. Yeah. And she's so um, multi-talented too, so. Yeah, she, uh, she and, and Piggy sang a, a duet they didn't even get their own damn songs. They had to sing a duet about how much they missed their mans. No, it was about how they didn't need a man. <laughs> I know, but still. Ugh. Um, Which, again, Brett McKenzie, he made it a bop. It was very, it was a very weird choice for a song, but it, it, it I know a lot of people don't like it, but when you're in the mood and you just want to like, it's like You Belong With Me by Taylor Swift, where it's like, okay, feminism off, bop on. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Um, but their relationship of, of, uh, reconciliation together, and also, uh, Kermit's Pictures in My Head, great song, Steve did a fantastic job. So good. Again, Brett McKenzie. Brett McKenzie. We love that for him. I feel like that song might have, should have won the Oscar. I, I, I think it, I think the Oscar should have gone to Pictures in My Head or Life's a Happy Song. Yeah. But that's, those are my hot takes for the evening. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I have a lot. We need to have a 2011 movie episode because I have so many hot takes about that movie. Oh boy. Who? <laughs> um. But but there. Um. The the not the ending, but like the ending part where Kermit and Piggy have the picture and they put it together, like in the parent trap. It pulls on the heartstrings. It obviously it does. does. It does. Um. Mm-hmm. And then most wanted sort of uh continuation huh. from the movie. <laughs> It's, it's very confusing. strange. It's confusing, but also it, it because uh, it was, you know, Constantine, 
the whole thing with Constantine is that showing that Kermit, you know, does need the Muppets and that specifically with the Piggy Constantine part, it's that Piggy needs to, you know, she needs Kermit and she needs to like not take advantage of him, but also it just felt really kind of just bad in general. Just it, There's a lot of really confusing stuff, but I'll give uh, Muppets Most Wanted this. A lot of the um, analysis I kind of put together from that movie comes from one song and that is Something So Right, which... <sighs> Is the best song in the movie. Best song, possibly, might, possibly in a battle with, uh, with uh, we're doing a sequel because that's another good song. Again, we love you, Brett McKenzie. We love you, Celine yes. Dion. We love you, Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett. We love you. Yes, I mean, um, something so right should have won an Oscar. That's it the one. That I'm like, that's yeah. so good. But I get with with um when Men Are Muppet won the Oscar, there was only one other nominee, which was from a uh, Rio. I don't know if you guys yeah. remember which so I do remember. And I think we had a lot more like songs that were in movies in like 2015 so or 2014 yeah. or whenever this movie came out. I run a podcast about Muppets and I don't know years. <laughs> it's okay. Um I I did like the um with the wedding thing of Kermit and Constantine being switched back and forth and then at the end where to differentiate between the two, Piggy asking both of them, like, will you marry me? And constantly being like, yeah, sure, let's go. And then Kermit being like, yeah, which to me harkens back to, to Jim, Jim. Kermit, which I liked. Yeah. Um, Again, Kermit is an insecure little toad. He is. He is. Um, he really is. And then we get to the 2015 sitcom. Oh, oh boy. Again, oh, Insecure boy. Little Toad. Insecure Little yep. Toad. I am telling you. <laughs> I've only seen the first episode of that sitcom, but Insecure Little Toad. This is Princess Diana and Prince Charles all over again. Because mm-hmm. he's an insecure little toad who can't handle being with a girl boss who the media loves. Truly. Yeah. And yeah. also, I don't know if you guys remember or if you guys were even on Twitter, but the whenever it was announced that Kermit and... <laughs> Kermit and Piggy broke up. It was trending on Twitter for two days straight. It was so <laughs> nuts. Like, this is what I think Jim wanted Year of the Pig to be. Yes, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Which I Twitter think... was in the 90s. Okay, the question is, would Jim Henson be on Twitter? Because me and uh, one of my mutuals, B at Willow Organa, follow her because we have a uh, fan cast thread. But we had a discussion in spaces about whether or not Jim would have Twitter. And we both agree. And I said, I don't think he would because I think he'd think that Twitter was very toxic and it pulls people apart into very dangerous things. And then B mm-hmm. said, I think he would because, and he'd be like a Ringo Starr figure where he just takes pictures of nature and then tweets out like peace and love. So yeah. <laughs> if you have any theories on what Jim Henson would be like on Twitter, if he would have a Twitter, please, please tweet at it with the hashtag, hashtag Muppet fans talking. Thank you. Um, yeah. But back to the sitcom <laughs> um <laughs> i watched the sitcom when it came out i watched it every week i rewatched episodes uh it's not that i you know loved it or anything i definitely don't because i <laughs> i have so many thoughts and opinions and there's probably going to be an episode of like here's how i would have fixed the show and how there it will be three seasons definitely there will be thank you um but, but basically them breaking up it showed like a really like nasty side of Kermit nasty side of Kermit but also it to the like fans in general like Jen I can't say words um Jimmeral no (laughs) what's that word (laughs) Jimmeral Jim in general 
general thanks you Mary <laughs> the general watchers of like it showed like how people were like picking sides of like Kermit's a victim and it's like nah. I mean like all oh, Piggy's a victim and, like they're both bad again gaslight gatekeep girl boss manipulate mansplain male wife Yep. How am I going to explain that to my mom, Mary? <laughs> you, you have already explained it once to her at this point. Let's be real. I, okay. <laughs> so, the, the, like, it, there was, at the end of season one, it kind of hinted that they would try to get back together, but then that never really happened. So there are the repercussions that we live with, like, today. Yeah. Of, you know, of, of Matt's Kermit and, and Eric's Piggy. They're not together, but they're not at each other's throats like they were in the sitcom. Which is, they're much- I think that's good. And I think that yeah. kind of explores another facet of Piggy's personality. Because it kind of was played off in, like, the beginning of, like, the Muppets with, like, the Muppet show and, like, the original Muppet movie trilogy and even with the 90s stuff. And, again, this kind of drills into the early 2010 stuff. That Piggy was only with the Muppets for Kermit. But after yeah. they broke up, she was still with them. Which kind of leads me to this theory that she loves the chaos. And I kind of got this from a mixture of interviews with um, Frank Oz and Dave Goals. Because Dave Goals has talked about in the past that he, a lot of his, um, his, his uh, characters are taken from facets of his personality. And we yeah. see with a lot of other puppeteers and their characters that they do the same thing. And so I don't see mm-hmm. why Frank wouldn't be an exception. And Frank has mentioned, has mentioned on his uh, interview with, on the Bretter Brothers podcast that he, even though he's from California, he prefers New York because mm-hmm. he, which New York is a lot more chaotic than California. California is a lot more laid back. And mm-hmm. so I think there's a part of Frank that kind of loves the chaos of New York City so yeah. I think there's a part of Piggy that loves the chaos, and that's why she's with the Muppets still. Yeah, yeah. She she likes she likes the like adversarial relationship she has with Floyd. She just won't admit it. Like yeah. she's like, yeah, I'm gonna karate chop you across the theater, and you're gonna call me horrible, uh, terrible things. Yeah, and that's our relationship. Like it's it's like it's not a healthy relationship at all for oh, anybody no. for any no. party involved. Oh no, but so many it's Muppets what... need therapy. But I think especially when you're in, like, very toxic, with your, when you're in, like, any sort of toxic relationship with people, you stay around for, like, the, con- for the constant, for the constant of it. You, mm-hmm. you're scared of losing that thing. Yeah. Because then you're like, what if, what am I if I don't have this? And I think Piggy's very afraid of being alone. I, oh, definitely. And I think, again, that shows in, like, It's a Very Merry Muppet Christmas where she was mm-hmm. alone. And I think she's so afraid of that because, again, she went through her father passing away and her mother and her mother, she dealt with her mother being alone. And she's so afraid of turning out like her mother. Oh, definitely. There's a, a, a whole interview thing. with Frank talking. Yeah, it does. That's why I love Frank's backstories. It fully connects to different things. Um, but there was a full interview with Frank talking about how that's like Piggy's biggest fear is being alone, but also... Um, the reason why um, he he said the reason why she's going after Kermit is because he's so opposite of like her family of like he's more laid back and sure of himself even if he is insecure when it comes to their relationship. Oh yeah, he's he's not mm-hmm. like her family at all, and and that's what makes also Kermit comes from a very different family background than Piggy, which is like Kermit mm-hmm. dealt with like like her father passing away and her father being very. Like, like, cheating on her mom and stuff, and her mom being awful. Yeah. 
Kermit has a very good relationship with his family. He's very, oh, yeah. they're all, he's yeah. got a huge family. They're all close. He watches his nephew. His nephew yeah. pretty much lives with him. Like he's, he's got, he's got mm-hmm. that dynamic that Piggy wants. And I think that's why Piggy, I li- like to think that Piggy and Robin are very close after the Muppet show. Definitely. Yeah. And, and he's the oldest. And I feel like Piggy is sort of like that middle child. I know sometimes she gives off. She's an only child, child, but she's, she's a middle child. She's an only child, but she's a middle child. No, she she does have uh, brothers and sisters. Because Wait, what? She <laughs> yeah. Well, hold on. She has uh, brothers and sisters because of Andy and Randy Pig, the worst Muppet characters besides Chip. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I just blocked that out of my memory entirely for a reason. Uh-huh. <laughs> and also in the 2015 show, she mentions a niece a couple of times. Um, that, right, that, that makes me which, think that Andy and Randy like recruit like procreated and I don't want to think about oh, that ever again no, <laughs> no. no um but but also one of the things that Frank talked about is she saw her of her mother being a single um uh housewife who just hated her kids and hated everything about her life and she was like and that was one of the reasons why she like left the midwest was to get away from that so yeah. she didn't have to deal with that um and one thing that I did like about um the you know Piggy being a creation over time in the, you know, women's live of the 70s, um, it, it didn't make her into like, oh, because I'm this hyper feminine woman, I have to be like a housewife uh, yeah. type thing. Mm-hmm. Like Piggy was never like really a housewife. Like Piggy liked the glitz and glamour of it, but she mm-hmm. wasn't like, I, I call it like the 90s girl boss where it was, I hate all things like girly and feminine. I'm not like other girls. Piggy was never like that. No, Piggy no. was not like other girls. <laughs> she she was not like other girls she was a pig and yeah. but she also loved the hyper feminine stuff but that didn't make her any less of a like really cool and like real and like she could still like fight other people she, she can beat your ass yeah she can, and she can do it in heels yeah um and that's so canon that is canon so yeah, now that is canon. where where are we now uh kermit but, and oh Piggy are not together um but things any, are good things are good yeah things are good they're better um i there was an interview that kermit and piggy had it was a, a british network i can't remember the name but um they had a really good it was because uh matt and eric have good like timing together and chemistry yeah and i, I really wish they got to do more together so they could really build upon that yeah um mm-hmm. I, I just remember um so, like the interviewer asking like if they're together uh, again and goes no we're, we're still broken up and then uh Kermit mentioned like well yeah back uh, back on the Muppet show uh Piggy used to pine for me and and Piggy goes what she goes you know pine pining and goes I'm not a tree <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. brilliant that's brilliant that's I love it. so funny um another question do we want them together again again huh I I part of me th- Part of me is debatable on this because I do think they have a very interesting dynamic, but mm-hmm. I also feel like before we put them back together, we should we have to explore their relationships with other people. Like yeah. I know we have explored Kermit's relationships with like Fozzie and Gonzo, but I don't really fully understand Piggy's relationship with Gonzo. I don't fully understand her relationship with Fozzie. I don't fully understand her relationship with like I. The only other character I fully understand her relationship with is Deadly, and that's I, it. Mm-hmm. For me, I can see her relationship with Deadly, which is a great relationship. That's one of the things the 2015 show did great. 
was I think that's what Muppets Now did great was her and Dudley I think that's the one thing they really nailed yeah um and I feel like and it's mostly from the whenever uh the Muppets went to Comic-Con to um promote the 2015 show Eric and Dave Golds had really great um like back and forth jokes with with uh Peggy and Gonzo um which was very adversarial which I liked yeah, I just, again, I feel like a lot in, like, the materials we get, we don't really mm-hmm. fully get their relation. We don't get her, like, Piggy's relationship with a lot of other characters. So I'd like to explore yeah. that more before we go back into, like, Piggy only interacting with Kermit again, which I think is, yeah. mm-hmm. which, you know, we see, but, like, it's, I'd, I'd really, I feel like, because she is such a really fleshed out and interesting character, I'm like, okay, you've had this character for, like, 40 years. You've yeah. had all these other characters for 40 years. Why do I? Why do I not fully understand their relationships with each other? Why don't I fully understand her relationship with Scooter? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, and it, but her relationship with Scooter's like changed over time. I, yeah. I feel like the, that's another the, episode. Yeah, that's another episode of, of just Scooter in general, which I'll have. We'll a get lot to. Of notes on. Yeah, we'll get to. Uh, I, I just, I think really the. the besides her relationship with Kermit I feel like the one but like the two relationships I really would like to see is one with uh like Janice and Floyd uh not Floyd I'm sorry Janice well Janice Floyd and Ralph those three I I Um, think that'd be really interesting because of veterinary's hospital and they were uh sort of like they all came up together at the same time with Muppet show fame and and I feel like that would be very good we haven't seen the three of them really together since veterinary's hospital and mm-hmm. I would just really love to see that because I really like the repertoire they had. That's like my favorite yeah. Muppet Show segment. They did um, Veterinarian's Hospital on the 15, 2015 show, and they did it at the uh, O2 when the Muppets took the O2. Oh yeah, for reference, I have I've only seen the first episode of the twenty fifteen show because my life mm-hmm. is really hectic right now. Yeah, um, have you seen the uh, the Muppets take the O2? I haven't. My life is really hectic right now. Got it. <laughs> Uh, it's free to watch on YouTube. Uh, it's really good. I wish um, this is some insider news. Basically, what Ooh. was going to happen before the pandemic was that they were going to take that show and they were going to put it on Broadway. Oh, um, perfect! Yeah. And Sad. there was some talking. There was some talking that they were going to record it like they did with like Hamilton and put that on Disney Plus. So um, that's that could yeah. still happen. I mean, Broadway is reopening in September. Yeah, that could it technically is, that still happen. Um, so, um, uh, another thing, do we see them actually getting together? They're going to get back together. I, I think it's I a fact will. at this point. Yeah, they're going to get they back will. together at some point. It's, like, I, it's obvious. They're going to get back together before the end of the 2020s. That's my, that's my prediction right now. Yeah, I feel like the next I, movie where it really showcases Matt's Kermit, it, they're going to try to get them back together again. Oh, you think we're going to get another movie? <laughs> I want, I'm, I hope and I pray and I know it's dumb, but I wish. <laughs> you are way more hopeful than I am. Let's just put it that right. way. Right. I hey, I I'm too hopeful when it comes to the Muppets. You're an optimist. I can't blame you for that. I've just been so beaten down by the mouse at this point. <laughs> yeah. Michael Rodent Mouse has come to your house with a crowbar. <laughs> he goes, I heard, I, I, he goes, I saw your tweets. <laughs> I saw your tweets and I'm here to steal your kneecaps. <laughs> so if, I, if, I'm, if I'm like, you know, missing for the next few episodes or if I'm missing online, you know what happened. 
Got it. Got it. Um, are we good with our thoughts on Kermit and Peggy? Yeah, I feel like I really don't have much else to add other than I feel like Disney did, like, make them, like, when they did become a canon couple, I think it was partially because of, like, that was kind of where, like, power couples in Hollywood were, like, a big thing with the rise of, like, TMZ and tabloids in the U.S. So they were Mm -hmm. kind of like a Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake thing, Jay-Z, Beyonce, like, you know, the power couples, Brangelina. Like, that was, I, I feel like that's what they were going for at the time, and then ever then all those then like Brangelina got divorced and Piggy and Kermit broke up, which I think is like the funniest comparison. Yeah. Uh, okay, should we do the last segment of the episode, the Muppet oh, yeah. struggles of the week? I have so oh. many. I'm, I'm the only one I'm gonna. <laughs> so many. It's funny because I was at first I'm like I don't have any this week because you know last week I had three, and then mm. Friday <laughs> Fraggle Rock was trending and I'm like okay I'm gonna use this moment to shine so like I tweeted out one of my favorite songs from the show which was uh, Once Upon a Time I Knew My Name, which is a song that not many people talk about. I think it's just a very good like go go song. It's so, very so wise and it's it's about an identity. It's about having an identity crisis, which you know fun for kids. And Jerry Nelson, I think that is, like, gives, like, one of the best performances of his career that's, like, comparable to his Tiny Tim Christmas Carol, where he just puts so much emotion into that one song, and you feel every word of it. And that became a hit tweet, so that's my... It did. It did. It became a hit tweet. Yeah. It keeps showing up in my feed over and over and over again. That might be me just retweeting all my quote retweets. Oh, Maybe. (laughs) But still, it's, it's my, very good. It's a great song, my, and it needs more recognition. My struggle of the week was watching tons and tons and tons of Frank Oz accounts <laughs> swarming <laughs> to Twitter and giving me a heart attack every time. And then the, then the rest of the people who were watching the, like, the Frank Oz revolution decided to respond, and I was the first one to do so. <laughs> I became a Jim Henson account, and it all went sideways from there i was literally a matt vogel account for one minute and then i was like i have to leave i have to go we had a steve whitmire but the uh the biopic casting version which is just timothy shell with his hair bleach <laughs> horrible horrible it was the worst like we had a richard day. but like our our richard didn't know that much about richard hunt so it was just someone who like didn't know what it pretend who like didn't know what a cell phone was which was hilarious. (laughs) We had um, a Dave Goals. We had a Gonzo. We had a... We had Franks that were just pictures of David Cross. (laughs) Muppets Twitter chose violence, and they also uh, tried uh, identity theft and tax evasion. Um, (laughs) We had a Jerry Nelson. Stop. Stop. I'm just listing everybody. We had a Pepe. We had a Bill Beretta. We had the actual, we had an actual Steve Whitmire. We had a Gonzo. We had a Dave Goals. It was great. It was so wild. So watching that. Dave Goals doesn't even have a Twitter. No, he does. We found it. We found it. Matt Vogel founds it. I found his one tweet from 2012. And I just quote retweet it like, so true, Dave. So true. So true. Yeah. Um, also, his wife is on Twitter, which is uh, terrifying. Her name is Debbie Goals, and she uh, writes books, and she, like, Aww. promotes them all the I time on her Twitter. That's yeah. so cute. I love I that love for her. her. I'm going to read some yeah. of her books now. Yeah. 
Uh, the last one, I think, was about all of the princesses, like fairy tale princesses, realizing that their prince was one guy and, like, then teaming up, like, girl boss style and going to, like, fight him. Now, how are you going to explain girl boss to your mom? Mom, (laughs) if you're listening, and I know you are. I've said it, like, five um, times already. (laughs) So a a girl boss is, you know that, um, you know that type of feminism, oh, how do I explain this? (laughs) Mary, help me out here. A Don't, girl, this is too fun like, to watch. Think of like, think of like Miss Piggy. Miss Piggy's uh-huh. a girl boss. Like a girl boss is a woman who doesn't take anything from no man. That is her main mm-hmm. personality trait. She pulls up, but she does not extend ha- help to other women. She pulls up the ladder behind her because she <laughs> yes. is the one true girl boss. Yes. She kicks other women down the stairs while, you know. Preaching feminism. <laughs> preaching preaching yeah. that specific brand of feminism. Um, Mom, I hope you like the podcast episode. <laughs> I love you. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Are we going to – what's your struggle news of the week, Maria? Oh, well, m- part of my struggle news was that. And another part of my struggle news was while I was writing down all of my notes about how, like, Piggy's childhood connects with all of her problems, I was pacing just up and down um, the sunroom that's next to my kitchen and, uh, like, writing down stuff. And uh, (laughs) my dog just uh, sat down in the kitchen and stared at me. And at one moment, uh, as I was, like, mumbling to myself, she just came over and, like, batted at my leg and looked up at me, like, what are you doing with your life? (laughs) And I really had, like, a moment of, like, what am I doing with my life? Why am I here? So I did have, like, that gobo introspection um, moment. Identity crisis time, baby! Identity (laughs) crisis for the Maria! Anyway. (laughs) All right. Uh, some special, some special shout-outs before we go. You can follow uh, our our uh, cover art and social media header was done by at Airfare Three on Twitter, and the intro and out- outro voiceover was done by Dennis on Twitter. You can follow him at Turning the Number Two and Stone, so at Turning Two Stone, and you can follow me on Twitter at the Animated Emo. You can follow me on any social media at Nerdy Maria Mania. And you can follow me on Twitter at Sprout. And if you just want to follow the podcast in general for updates, you can follow at Muppets underscore talk- talking. Thank you so much. We hope you have a great, we hope you have a Muppetational weekend. Thank you. Bye. 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 And for my final trick, I will make this podcast end. I'm going to need complete silence for this.